I spent half my life making people fat and happy. I'm going to spend the rest of my life making them healthy. In this episode, you'll hear Bob, a nurse in pediatrics, and Rusty, a patient appointment specialist, discuss their unique career changes and the path that led them to working at Mayo Clinic. My dad was a retail grocery man, and in high school, I was a meat cutter and sausage maker till 35, so 17, 18 years. I ran grocery stores and meat markets, and the last of that was running a federal meat plant in Rochester here, uh, producing sausage for the community and local restaurants. So that's where my previous career took me. So the grocery business was a family business. I'd help dad in the stores during sales, yeah. So pretty much fam- family tradition. But they uh, unfortunately had to close the store in 2005. Learned all my skills as far as how to talk to customers, per se. Now is customers' patience from my dad and watching him and learning and my work ethic from him. That's pretty cool. One of my customers is actually who got me into Mayo Clinic. She said, lobotomy is a good way to start. Put your name in, I'll let them know for an interview. And so I did, and it's. I'm glad I did it. I'm very happy where I'm at. And I began in 2005 at Mayo, and I started out as a phlebotomist with the goal of progressing to be a nurse and schooling along the way. I then went to be a patient care assistant on the pediatric floor, and that's now where I've been a nurse since 2012. It's home, and I hope I can do it for another 15 more years until retirement. That's great. So my previous careers, I've actually had two of them that were pretty big. First, a professional ballet dancer for 20 years. And um, at 13, I went away to boarding school for that, so that was sort of my entire life up until my mid-30s, which was pretty uh, interesting. I got to travel the world and do a lot of different things. And then I transitioned over into horses and ran my own business as a farrier and trainer. And a lot of people don't know what a farrier is, but we put shoes on their feet and took care of their overall health that way. Then I uh, got too old to work outside in 115 degrees. <laughs> I had passion for working with people and helping people due to some other life experiences. It just seemed like a good opportunity. I took the leap of faith and got the job. No turning back. I love it. The professional ballet, your body was wore out from that? Well, you know, I, I had a very successful career and I got to do mm-hmm. the princes and wear the white tights and do Swan Lake and, and the Romeos, but uh, I didn't want to stick around until I didn't enjoy it anymore. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go out at the, at the top um, when I felt strong and able to kind of bow out early for what I could have, what my body would have let me do. But I felt like I had achieved all my goals. I felt uh, it was time for something new in my life, another chapter of the book, so to speak. I've spent time underneath a horse, and that's brutal on a body. And like you said, 115 degrees, I can only imagine. Yeah, it was actually probably harder on my body than ballet. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your transition was you just were at the point in age that you wanted to look for something a little different and... I wanted to look for something more 
stable. Um, being a private business owner is stressful. It's a lot of responsibility. Not that this is less responsibility, but it was nice to, to have a PTO and benefits. And my body was kind of saying it was time to do something different. I had some tragedies in my life. I lost some close people and uh, started volunteering for uh, Suicide Foundation. And I realized with my farrier work that what I loved about it was actually educating people and helping people. The job looks like it's all about horses, but it's really about 10% about the horses and 90% about the people. And I wanted to take that forward with me into the next, the third chapter of my book. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you said, your your skills that you've gotten from running your business, it's, it's interesting how they transition. Kind of similar to mine, I can see where, like I was raised by my dad, his quote was always, the customer is always number one. Well, the patient is always number one because... In theory, they're our customer, you know. Yes. So we always treat our patients like family members. Absolutely. You know, I really feel strongly in that, and that's been brought through the years of taking care of customers. I've learned how to do that in this new role. I can see how that would relate, you know, taking care of your customers in your farrier business and making sure everybody's happy. It was surprising to me how much uh, I could bring forward from even the ballet career at Mayo and, and honoring the shields, especially with the patient first. How to achieve that goal is was interesting. From the ballet world, it was all about being able to work as a team, but also being able to critically think as an individual to make it all meld together to create a, a great environment for everyone. What inspired you to go to Mayo? I went through a divorce in 98, and it was always in the back of my head, the medical field, because I have friends that are firefighters, medics, RNs, physical therapists. I was always intrigued by their stories they'd talk about. I got married in 2002, and it was a real smart move on my behalf. It was 2005. My daughter was born in February, and in June, I switched to Mayo. And my wife wasn't too happy at the moment, thinking, what are you doing? We have this infinite home and you're changing careers, but now she's happy. <laughs> I live near Rochester and you know about Mayo, you hear about Mayo and everything, but you take it for granted because it's in your backyard. Once I've seen how they treat their employees, their patients and shields, it really is what I believe in. I've never had a corporate job. I went from being an artist, working in a studio and sweating all day, to running my own business with horses and working outside, and suddenly I was taking on a position that would require a lot of computer work, a, a tie, and <laughs> adhering to corporate policies. I didn't know how all that would fit, so it kind of felt overwhelming. The people were so giving, and I was very fortunate to have be hired under some amazing supervisors that... Uh, gave me opportunity quickly. I think my passion for helping the people allowed me to excel. So I've already transitioned from my first job as a front-facing scheduler into helping the construction of Arizona's first um, neurology-specific appointment office. I use a lot of critical thinking many times in a shift. And I got that from my previous career because you're dealing with shipments, price changes, happy customers, bad customers, dealing with the stuff like that has taught me how to critical thinker and multitask. That work ethic that I was raised in has been very beneficial to me over the years. But the number one thing is the, the patient is number one in my book. And 
I will carry that all the way as a, my highest skill. You know, the skill of bringing forward from being a ballet dancer was the, the work ethic to get to fine-tune your body to be an athlete as well as an artist at the same time takes an incredible amount of dedication and the ability to make yourself vulnerable to share your emotions your your, your heart um, with your with your audience to expose yourself like that um, I took forward with me all of that into my next chapter with with horses it became much more uh, analytical setting appointments managing my time properly educating clients on how best to serve their animal being able to bring all those skills forward into healthcare and uh, showing empathy and compassion for difficult situations and being able to educate and and be strong for them is, I think, one of my biggest assets. I think back to 2005 when I started, and I can remember walking into this room filled with I don't know how many hundred people for a new employee orientation going, <laughs> what did I get myself into? By the end of day one, I felt much better and was like, okay, this is going to go good. So when you talk with some of your coworkers, what's their reaction when they hear that you were a ballet dancer or farrier? I usually get the look of surprise for sure, especially when I say ballet. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you hear every day as somebody that was a, a professional ballet dancer. I get a lot of shocked faces. That um, when I'm in a patient's room and talking with the patient and the family, I know that was a meat cutter and sausage maker. And, I think it's an advantage in working with our patients because having such a diverse background, it, it's, it's sort of an icebreaker and makes people feel relaxed that they have nothing to discuss other than their worries and concerns and fears that they're going through can kind of take their mind off it for a few minutes. Com completely agree. It makes them feel at home like they're talking to somebody normal. I feel incredibly lucky. I've always done something that I really loved, that I felt really passionate about. I never did anything to be rich and famous or anything like that or to have a big bank account. It was always about following my great passions that, that were inspiring me at that time in my life. Any kind of advice I could give anybody for any kind of career shift is to find some aspect of a career that brings you joy and you will succeed. Even with taking this office job here, I brought all that passion with me. And I feel like that about this position at Mayo. If somebody was to ask me for advice, it would be to follow your passion and see where it leads you, take that road. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm kind of along the same way. I did not dislike my previous career, and I'm kind of still passionate about it, but I don't do it as a breadwinner anymore. When people ask me what about the change, were you nervous? Yes, I was nervous. And I wasn't unhappy where I was. I was looking for something to better my life and my family. And I, my biggest recommendation is, like you said, if they enjoy it, it's not going to be work. I was diagnosed with a pretty severe illness and came here as a patient. And I just remember walking in the door and from the people that checked you in to the people that scheduled all the appointments and lab tests and other tests that were ordered by the physician, it was it was the whole puzzle. I was like, I want to be a part of that magic. I want to be a part of this group of people that go above and beyond the call of duty. I feel fortunate to work for an employer like Mail. What was the hardest part for you through your journey? The education part. 
I I have a tough time with education. I never had test anxiety until I went to nursing school. <laughs> I left that nursing licensure test and I thought I failed and, and like I'm done. I'm not taking that test again. I'm going back to cutting meat. Thank God I passed it. Well, obviously it was meant to be. Yeah, it's it's been a great journey. And I'm glad to hear that you like it and feel as welcome as I did back when I started. Did you have a unique career change or are you considering one now? Share your path to working at Mayo Clinic with friends and colleagues.